950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show, representing Minnesota's 5th District in the U.S. House of Representatives is Representative Ilhan Omar. She's kind enough to be in studio with me this afternoon. Representative, thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Glad to be here with you. Uh, let's let's start off with um, what's going on as we speak. Donald Trump's in a courtroom. Does not look like he's having a good day. Oh, it does not. He's uh, being arraigned on his latest charges. But I mean, if you've read, we've read through these. These are he's trying to overthrow the government of the United States. Talk a little bit about this because you've had a front row seat for this entire escapade, and here we are now finally seeing someone try to put some level of 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 accountability on this man. Yeah. I mean, we we said that right after January 6th, that there needed to be accountability. And I think it's such a relief uh, to see this case go forward, to see President Trump and um, his co-defendants be indicted for their role in January 6th. Um, and I think it's also really telling, right, that he just continues to rack up uh, these, these charges uh, and that people in his orbit constantly get caught up um, in criminality. And I think it says something about the individual um, and it says something about the kind of country that we live in where a former president can be held to account. They On, on January 6th, there were names that were being mentioned by the mob that was there. Uh, Mike Pence, you know, Nancy Pelosi, your name. People were calling specifically for violence against you. Now with these charges, we understand that was the goal, that these people were sent there to violently attack you if they got the chance. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, for you, it's, it's obviously we're protecting this country. But it's your own individualness that was specifically targeted by many of those people that were trying to storm the Capitol that day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think what m most people um, didn't realize is that, you know, this this wasn't supposed to just be um, a, a nonviolent uh, protest, uh, a way in which people can share their their disagreements in the way the elections went. This was supposed to um, cause intimidation. This was supposed to coerce certain members of Congress to act differently. Um, this was to pressure the vice president of the United States not to obey um, the Constitution and, you know, um, adhere to the oath uh, that that he took to protect and, and serve. Um, and and I, I think, you know, I, I've talked about the fact that six months I, I had to have a um, protective uh, service um, done by Capitol Police where they followed me for 24 hours a day um, because there were credible death threats leading up to the election and after the election. January 6th, I was fortunate enough um, to have these individuals remove me from the premises uh, and was taken in to a special place with the leadership of the House and, and the Senate. And I, I remember, you know, some of the leaders being confused why I was there. Uh, and one of the police off, one of the Capitol Police um, officers saying, you know, we couldn't trust that she wouldn't be personally harmed uh, because there was no way for her to hide within within the crowd. And for a lot of us, not only do we want retribution for, you know, what happened, we also want justice um, for ourselves and, and for every single person that was at the Capitol that day. You are in a very different 
house, obviously, than you were last. There was competency and, and things got done. I was truly an amazing first two years of the Biden administration yeah. with the Democratic House. Republicans have taken over. Not only do you have this entire clown car show of a Hunter Biden investigation, but they're not doing anything. They just basically seem to be, let's shut down the government today. You know, and it's to a point, I mean, there's a bit of a I, as, as a person who's there to get things done, it's got to be a little bit exhausting to say, okay, are we going to do anything outside of basically natural disaster relief when we need it? Are we going to actually pass any bills? Yeah. I mean, you know, just uh, as as uh, an, an example, um, we were supposed to pass 12 appropriation bills mm-hmm. um, before we went to recess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we got one passed. Yay! Um, <laughs> and, and so so if, if, if that track record, um, you know, remains, we, we are not going to be able to pass um, and, and fund the, the government, which I think for a lot of these really insane members of Congress is fine because they don't want the government to function. They don't want people to have continuation in receiving their Social Security mm-hmm. checks, their disability checks for veterans to, to receive their, their benefits. Um, they don't even want the IRS to do its work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, I, I do hope that we, we get to a place where, you know, McCarthy develops a backbone and a spine and stands up uh, to these people and looks out for the country instead of just for his career and the dream of being a, a, a speaker. Um, because when you are sent as a representative of the people, you're supposed to do the work on behalf of the people. He seems to be, that whole party seems to be betrothed to the extremist far right, the the Lauren Boberts, the, the Chip Roy's of the, of, the, of the House that are out there yeah. just in, in kind of this bizarro land where they're like, Twitter trolls come to life where they're fascinated with their own press that they make for themselves. And, you know, it, there seems to be this idea that, oh, we should crash the government. There, there's yeah. a real call right now, a question of whether or not McCarthy, as you said, is going to get that spine yeah. and maybe work with Democrats to get a budget passed so that we don't shut down the government. Yeah. I mean, when we when we were in, in the midst of the debt ceiling debate, a lot of them were saying they they wanted us to default. Um, and because of how long it took for us to figure out that conversation, which we eventually ended up avoiding a catastrophe, uh, it cost our bond rating um, to, yes. to be degraded. Uh, and, you know, I am worried that they are going to be thinking politically only and lead to a government shutdown in the hopes that they will mess up the economic recovery that Democrats have been um, focused on. You know, in in those two years, the first two years of the Biden administration, we passed an infrastructure bill. Everybody talked about passing an infrastructure bill, but Democrats got it done. Yes. You know, we, we passed the Inflation Reduction Act, you know, historic investments in addressing the climate crisis. We passed the CHIPS Act, bringing back manufacturing um, to, to the country. There's so many, you know, the bipartisan gun violence prevention bill. There's so many really incredible incredible um, policies that we passed that people are still waiting to, to feel its full impact, but it has really set us apart from the rest of the world where many economies are still struggling while ours is um, in, in huge recovery mode. 
the and we should mention the last time they did shut down the government under Ted Cruz and that crew, yeah. that it, it cost us billions. I right. mean, they're, they're just to get things started back up again cost us billions. Mm-hmm. So there was no net gain. There was nothing. It was just basically a dog and pony show that ended up basically costing the American people more taxpayer dollars. Exactly. And they didn't get a single thing hey, nothing. Um, that they wanted in causing that shutdown. I think it was the, the longest shutdown in the history of the United States right after I got sworn in. I think we were shut down for 35 uh, days, which meant, you know, those of us who were sworn in to the 116th Congress didn't have the ability to actually provide constituent services for those 35 days. And mm-hmm. I, I think the the impact isn't just, um, you know, whether the government will continue to do its job, but it's also whether your representatives will be able to provide the constituent services that you need when you are desperate for those services. You see, and this is the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. I talk to Democrats, and there's always this. You, Klobuchar, Tina Smith, you know, Dean Phillips, I'll, I'll talk to you guys, and it's, I'm here for my constituents. I've Yes, I've got a larger job here in the United States, but I'm also representing Minnesota, Minnesota 5, whatever the case may be. And the Republicans, they, they just their constituents don't seem to be anywhere on their radar in regards to what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Which is really odd because they, they call themselves constitutionalists, right? They they will say they follow um, the, the, the founding fathers. They want things to be run. There's a reason we're called the House of Representatives. We're technically supposed to represent the interest of the people. The mm-hmm. reason we run every two years is because we are supposed to be held accountable by our constituents. We're supposed to be the ones closest to addressing their needs. And the fact that these people only care about politics mm-hmm. and not policy to alleviate some of the struggles that people are having um, is is shocking to me. I mean, I, I don't understand how there's this, this mockery of the people that we represent by focusing on you know, the pornographic photos of Hunter, a private citizen, right, who's had these pornographic images stolen, Mm -hmm. (laughs) essentially, and now it's being viewed by the public. um, And and that access is being provided by the House of Representatives. How gross um, uh, that must be. And and also to call themselves Christians, but want to look at these images um, is just, it's it's so bizarre. I don't don't know what's happening. (laughs) As a Christian myself, I'll say, that's weird. And and Marjorie, whatever you do in your own private house, that's fine. But this is a a committee hearing. Please stop. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) exactly. Also, do not subject your staff. Yeah. Who got that you know, job? Exactly, that having to scroll through these photos to try to pick the most go- go- gross one. I hey, mean, Phil, it's I just... got a job for you here today. Yeah. Let's, let's see that copy over there. It's really large oh. enlargements. Oh, okay, no. Uh, Ilhan Omar, representative of Minnesota 5, kind enough to join us here today. I've heard from some... Uh, Democrats who have talked about the Republicans and said the cameras are on and they're, you know, a howler monkey exhibit. They're just wild. But then you see them behind the scenes. They, they're, they're interested. They're, they're, when the cameras are not on, they're, they're, they're asking questions. They're trying, they're seeming to do work things. Is that your experience or does this clear disdain a lot of them have for you kind of continue even when the camera is not on? No, it's actually uh, the opposite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll give you an, an example. I sit on the House Budget Committee, mm. um, and the, the, the conversations when we have a public hearing um, 
are just completely insane. You think we're talking about two different economies. We're, you know, talking about two different countries. <laughs> we, we are um, talking about different sets of, sets of issues that Americans are, are facing and the ways in which we should address them. But when we are um, doing briefings, we're all together. There's no cameras. We're just having a conversation about different policies. Um, it's more cordial. You know, mm -hmm. people you know, will, are more agreeable. There is uh, a better discussion. Um, and it's actually been really helpful for us on the Budget Committee to do less public hearings and to do um, more of, of, of the work behind, behind the scenes mm -hmm. because we are actually able to have a sane conversation um, uh, as opposed to the insane one uh, that happens in, in front of the cameras. I think, you know, when C-SPAN was created, it was about, uh, bringing the people in mm -hmm. and creating more transparency. But I think it's sort of created a really sad incentive for people um, to put on their uh, a performance hat um, and, and sort of addition mm -hmm. um, in, in front of the public. And it's unfortunate. Uh, I wanna, One of the things I want to talk about as well is the uh, – you've been working on – um, your policy. We've had record heat across the the country right now. Talk a little bit about that because obviously I can't even comprehend Phoenix right now. I can't yeah. comprehend third degree burns are sitting on the pavement. Yeah. You know, we're getting to the point where well, you it's, could fry an egg on the pavement as it's, well. It's it's yeah. un, un uninhabitable areas. Yeah. We are we're going to get to this point, and not only is it affecting the population, but crops, water supplies. This is a real serious problem. What have what have you been working on there in D.C. to try to address this? Yeah, I mean, I think the the the, the biggest problem um, for us has been, uh, you know, looking at states like Texas, where they've passed legislation um, to say any protective ordinances that have been created, mm. um, if they are not in line with the state policies, cannot be enforced. Mm. Uh, so that means for you know folks. In, in Texas, if you live in a municipality where they have created an ordinance that gives you um, breaks during peak heat season, yeah. um, if you're working outside, outdoors, uh, to get as much break as you need to have water and to sit and to, you know, be um, under uh, shade because we are human beings. We are not supposed to be, you know, exposed to uh, the the sun in a hundred and sixteen degree weather. Right. Mm -hmm. We look at what's happening in other countries. I remember when the World Cup was happening. Everybody was talking about the working conditions in Qatar. Mm -hmm. We have that here in the United States, mm -hmm. um, and and Texas is just a, a, a glaring example of that. And so, what we are trying to do is push. OSHA to try to develop a nationwide policy in addressing um, work conditions when it comes to um, extreme uh, weather. Well, and I, I was in the military, and I went. I was. In, I went to a boot camp through Fort Jackson, South Carolina, in summer. Delightful, by the way. Uh, yes, I, I lost a lot of weight just sweating that one out. Uh, but I mean, even back then, the military, for example, I mean, they knew water breaks. You know, we're taking breaks and doing this. And there's just there is this mentality. Texas is a great example of it. Is oh well, we're just we're going to get rid of all these rules, and so a few people might die. Yeah. Die. I mean, we've had this happen where people have gotten heat stroke and they die, yeah. and they just don't seem to care. And I mean, that, that is, I mean, we, I don't, I don't believe in a nanny state, but I also don't believe in allowing 
you know, governors and, and state legislator, le- legislators to kill off their own people yeah. just out of, but out I, of spite. But I, I also want, like, people to understand we, we, we need worker standards, right? That's yeah. not creating a nanny state. Yeah. Um, we, we can't uh, trust that every single um, business owner or corporation uh, will be humane, um, we have to have certain standards that say, you know, these are the number of hours somebody should be working. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the number of hours that people should, you know, um, uh, be be paid overtime. This is, you know, the the kind of safety regulations that you should have in this workplace. Um, and and for us to even be debating on whether somebody should be able to take a water break as they see fit, yeah. if they are um, working in a highway in in Texas uh, in a hundred and sixteen degree weather, it's insane to me. Age requirements. We just had that here in the state of Minnesota, where okay. we had we had kids working in meat processing yeah. plants underage. We just had a kid in Wisconsin pass away. He was, I think, it was a lumber job, and he should not have been working on the equipment. Yeah. There does seem to be this element by these states to undo these laws, yeah. which are there for safety reasons, for a legitimate reason. It's not because someone just decided to make it up one day. Yeah. We have to do these things. Yeah, I mean, the 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 amount of regression that's happening in um in in addressing some of these workers rights issues is really appalling. I mean we've mm-hmm. got you know states like Arkansas that are making it easier for people to hire um underage workers uh and you know I'm 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 grateful that we live in Minnesota mm-hmm. um where our legislators actually actively work to protect children mm-hmm. um but it, it it is really unfortunate some of the things that we're seeing and that's why we we have to fight for these national um nationwide policies and and uh federal regulation um in in this regard uh, water, speaking of summer, water, important here. Hastings, we have lakes we can't, and water bodies down there you can't take fish out of. Out in the west, we have nitrates levels so high in the water supply that they we have uh, warnings for kids and you know pregnant mothers not to be able to drink that water. Line three punctured a fourth aquifer up here. I'm glad the state Supreme Court knocked down that permit for the polymet mine. But uh, the reality is I think we have to step back and look at water because clearly here in just Minnesota, we've got this great resource and it's going to waste in a lot of places. Is right now. Yeah, I mean, it's a. I I remember uh, leading a delegation um, uh, out to Line Three uh, to oppose it, obviously. And one of the members in that delegation was Corey Bush of mm-hmm. um, St. Louis, Missouri, and the Mississippi there. You know, she's never been able to touch the water. Mm. And so she was, you know, cheerfully mm. <laughs> wanting to get in and, and touch the water. She said she's never seen it that clean. That's what we have to preserve. Um, you know, trying to make sure that um, this this water that that is creating the opportunity for people to have clean drinking water um, is sustained and it's protected. Um it's a huge asset for us here in, in Minnesota and for so many other states as well. One final thing. How you slings and arrows. I mean, I mean slings and arrows. Uh, I get it bad here with just a little radio show. Uh, no, no, I, I have How? What is your mentality to deal with clearly a large portion of the population that really just dislikes you? And no matter what you do, they're always going to send hate, send vile things. You, you seem to have such a great disposition still. I mean, I, that is really remarkable. 
I mean, I'm I'm entertained um, <laughs> by uh, the 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 sort of hate that drives people to be like the first one to comment really bizarre things mm. in everything that I post that they have so much energy that they set up notifications just to like write the weirdest stuff um, or people who invest in having pots that that do that uh, to to my social media posts um, you know I want to live in in a world where we care for one another um, mm -hmm. and, and we're loving towards one another and you know I think it's 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 both entertaining and sad mm -hmm. that these people um, exist un unfortunately but they don't I don't really care um, to to feel any sort of way um, towards them because I reserve my energy for you know the radical love that I want to spread both in the policies I advocate for and the ways in which I show up in my community a master's class <laughs> in taking lemons and turning it into lemonade I mean it really <laughs> is it, you are you, you, you I really do enjoy the fact I lost you by the way I lost you as my house rep. they moved my border like three blocks oh no so I'm with Dean now uh, <sighs> fine I'll be with Dean very Phillies. unfortunate I don't, but I but I, I was so happy I, I'm so happy first of all you're in the Minnesota fifth yeah. I'm so happy you represent Minnesota so I'm so glad you're there. Thank you. Um, it's an absolute privilege to be able to chat with you. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time well, it's today. It's an honor and privilege to serve. So and thank you for having me. Representative from the Minnesota 5th Congressional District, Ilhan Omar, kind enough to join us today. We'll take a break. Come on back. Uh, Anita Gall is going to join us when we do return. It is the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Yeah, man.